0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am your host, Rachel Laurie Harris. I am really glad that you are here. If you are new to the podcast, we suffered a pretty tremendous loss recently. Um, our sweet girl Tiva left her physical form last week. So I have been (laughs) grieving and doing a lot of remembering of how, um, amazing she was. I'm sorry, you guys, if you don't want to cry today, this is probably not the episode to listen to. So I wanted to just thank everyone who has just showered um, me and Waylon with so much love and support during this time. I know that a lot of you are also grieving. I know that a lot of you have also had to say goodbye to your beautiful dog's physical form. So I want to just to send a little bit of love to all of you because I know that I am not alone in this. Um, I have lost a lot of good dogs over the years. I know that you all can probably relate to that. Um, But there's something that hits particularly hard about this loss. And I'm going to tell you why. So um, I know that on this podcast, I have talked a lot about Waylon and he really kind of steals the show a lot, but I really wanted to um, devote an entire episode to telling you all about our girl Tiva. Um, I've entitled it The Life and Legacy of Tiva, um, very much on purpose. Um, so thank you for listening today. Like I said, if you don't want to cry, maybe this isn't the episode for you. Um, if you keep listening, you may want to get your tissues. <laughs> okay, so I wanna tell you about the first time that I met Tiva. Um, so Tiva was not always my dog. So I showed up for a date <laughs> with my now husband. Uh 14 years ago. And it was like the middle of summer. So I was wearing this cute little dress and I walked into his house and this little black and white dog came running at me. And she was so excited to see me that she jumped like a freaking lunatic. Like she was jumping and scratching and just like, she was so freaking delighted to see me. And I fell in love with her at that very moment. Um, She left crazy bruises on my legs from, like, jumping and scratching and acting all crazy, and it didn't even matter. Like, I swear to God, I met this dog. I was like, cool. I love her. I love her so much. So that was the first time I met Tiva. She was about eight months old at that time, and it was basically love at first sight, right? Like I didn't even care that she left bruises on my legs. I was just like, this dog is so cute. And I think like a lot of you wonderful people listening um, who maybe met someone and they had a dog that you fell in love with, it kind of just makes the deal uh, a little bit sweeter. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's the very first time that I met Tiva And I um during our life together um after not long after I met Tiva, I got a dog of my own you probably haven't heard me talk about him much on this podcast because unfortunately he had a very short life and he met a, a very tragic death but I adopted a dog his name was Bojangles and he was like a border collie German Shepherd mix something like that I adopted him I knew absolutely nothing about dogs and he was really just quite easy and he made me look like I knew a lot, even though I didn't. And, um, Tiva and Bo were buds. They loved each other. Um, they played all the time. My partner and I used to take them to the dog park all the time. Um, so after I met Tiva, we brought Bo into our lives and they were buds and they loved each other. And unfortunately, um, Bo and Tiva were in our backyard at the time. In the backyard, you had to let the dogs through the carport to get into the backyard. So there was a little bit of like, you know, room for error there. Well, the perfect storm, there was a cat and both dogs darted off into the street after the cat. Um, Unfortunately, Bo was hit and killed pretty instantly and Tiva was also hit by the car. Um, I think Tiva was maybe like a year and a half at this point. So, um, Tiva and I bonded over a pretty significant loss very early on in our lives together. Um, Tiva's leg was broken. <laughs> she was a total mess, bless her heart. But she always had a strong spirit. Like, I think that that's what was so attractive about her as a dog is that she had such a strong spirit. And although she watched her best friend get hit by a car and killed, and she saw the Grief that I was experiencing, and she was in a lot of physical pain. While a cast and you know, (laughs) lots of money and vet bills later, um, she bounced back and she made a really lovely recovery. In um, our grieving and healing time, um, I decided to bring another dog into our lives, and that was Sunny. Y'all have probably heard me talk a little bit more about Sunny, he was definitely another. Um, really significant influence in my life, but um, Sunny and Tiva were seriously BFFs forever. <laughs> they were around the same age, and so much of our lives were you know, my husband and I camping and fishing and adventuring with Sunny and Tiva as the duo. Um, they seriously just, they loved each other so freaking much. And many of you have heard the story, but in case you haven't, um, Sonny was very shut down when he came to us. He was very, very shut down. He was very, very fearful. And Tiva, bless her strong ass spirit, she truly transforms Sonny's opinion of the world. Because she was so happy and easygoing and really not fearful of very much. Um, it was so beautiful to see her guide him over the years. And Sunny was one of many dogs that benefited from knowing Tiva. She was an amazing communicator with other dogs, and she put up with a lot of, you know, foster dogs and boarding dogs in and out of this house, Um, and she really changed the world for Sunny in a much better way, Um, and, you know, we still have pictures, I have framed pictures all over my house of them together, they were seriously just, like, the sweetest duo, and, there is some peace, honestly, that I find knowing, like that they're together again in some way. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that was a big part of of Tiva's life was her best friend Sunny. Um, when Tiva and I met, I was not a dog trainer. <laughs> in fact, I was a very green dog owner. I did not have a lot of dog experience. I really didn't know that much. And she was so (laughs) insanely patient with my ignorance. She was the type of dog that, like, she tolerated a lot of shenanigans from people without much rebuttal, right? Like, she was so patient and forgiving, and I'm so grateful to her for that, Um it's one of those things that I can be extremely hard on myself. And I think that something that I continue to learn is self-confidence, right? And, and not doubting myself. And Tiva's patience with my ignorance and my errors over all of the years, she never held it against me, <laughs> right? And I feel like that made it so much easier for me to believe in myself, which is a pretty profound gift. Right, that a dog can give you that. Um, like I said, I'm sorry if you don't want to cry today. <laughs> I can remember a time when Tiva and I and Sunny and my partner, we all went camping. We had this blue minivan at the time and we had the greatest camping trip and they loved it and it was the best. And on the way home, she sat in my lap (laughs) in the front seat and she just snuggled in my lap the, the whole way home. And I don't know if I had ever felt that important or needed or worthy in my whole life. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to her for giving me so much purpose, right? And making me feel so important. Um, And in turn, being able to like, love myself more, right? And realizing that my needs are important, and I am worthy of love. And I am so proud of the life that we live together. And I'm just so grateful for Her ability to transform who I am as a human being by just being herself. I remember very early on in my relationship with my now husband. I remember having a very serious conversation with him. And I said, listen, I really like you. Things are going really well. But I'm going to have to tell you that if for whatever reason it doesn't work out between me and you, this dog is mine. (laughs) She's not yours anymore. This is my dog. And bless my husband's heart. He was just like, you're right. Yeah, she loves you the most. You could, Yeah, that's fine. I'll miss her. But I know. Well, turns out we got to live a happy life together, all three of us. But I remember, you know, putting my foot down like this dog is special. She's my dog. And you have to know it. Um, those of you who've been following on along on the A Good Feeling Dog Training Journey, our old logo was actually a um image of Tiva. Our really good friend um created the logo. And at the time I wanted the logo to be sunny, actually. And our lovely friend who created the logo um clearly preferred Tiva. <laughs> and he made us an amazing logo. So Tiva was mine and she was also the logo of a good feeling dog training. Something that has been particularly challenging as I grieve and we adapt to the fact that she's no longer in her physical form is that Tivo's was the type of dog who literally always wanted to know what I was doing. Like it always mattered. <laughs> in her earlier days I found it so annoying and I was like oh my god stop following me around and of course you know as you can imagine now I'm like so sad that she isn't following me around. While Waylon loves me, he doesn't really care what I'm doing a vast majority of the day. And Tiva did. And as silly as it sounds, going to the bathroom is so hard because for 14 years, she always followed me to the bathroom. In fact, she insisted on it. If I would close the door, <laughs> she would cry and make a stink of it. So it's something we just adapted to. So, you know, going to the bathroom in the house just meant that Tiva was allowed to come and I'm so grateful for those moments, right? Like just those simple moments that we had together, right? Like I'm in the bathroom, I'm doing what I need to do. And she was there. She was there with me. And, you know, I know that Tiva not in her physical form anymore, but as silly as it sounds like every time I go to the bathroom at the house, I think about her. And of course I long for her, but um, there's, there's something really special about a dog who genuinely cares what you're doing all of the time. So for those of you who have young dogs and maybe you have a dog who cares what you are doing all of the time and you are so annoyed, um, I'm going to encourage you to take a deep breath and soak in every single moment because um, you're going to miss it desperately when they leave their physical form. So as I was saying earlier, Tiva was so good with other dogs. Oh, I mean, just beautiful to watch, right? Like over the years, she tolerated many foster dogs, many foster dogs that were very dog aggressive that she somehow won over in some way or another. She was fantastic with puppies. She was gentle, but also firm when it was necessary. She was the type of dog that unless it was a really, really extraordinary situation, I basically never worried about her with other dogs, ever. She was like really just that easy of a dog where she was just, you know, for one reason or another, socialized really well, had really good genetics. It was just her personality. She was so good with other dogs. And that is something that I know not all dogs are, right? I've owned many dogs who are dog aggressive, and she was so good with other dogs. And so many of the dogs who stayed with us, were fostered by us, were trained by us, benefited so greatly from her presence. Um, Tiva worked a lot of reactivity sessions in her years with me. And she was so good. She was such a good demo dog and she was happy to get cookies and let those dogs figure it out. And I'm so grateful that we could be a duo, right? And really teach and share her canine communication with um, other people and their dogs. And, you know, Tiva, unfortunately, was attacked by dogs a couple of times in her life. Um, one of those times she needed, <laughs> um, medical care it was very bad she got attacked very bad and it never stopped her from being really good with dogs um she always loved dogs she was always really good with dogs and even with unfortunate negative experiences in her life with other dogs she always stayed dog social Um, on her last day in her physical body on this earth i took her for a walk and she insisted that she say hi to a couple of dogs on the walk. And I just, you know, it makes me so grateful that I got to give her the gift of hanging out with so many dogs over the years. I don't know if she'd call it a gift, but <laughs> I'll frame it that way. So something that I think we are all drawn to is when her pets die, we kind of like idealize who they were, right? And As you have already figured out, Tiva was an extraordinary dog and very easy in a lot of ways, but she also did a lot of naughty things. And I want to share those things with you because I think that it is very important that we celebrate the whole dog, everything about them, even the things we didn't love and not kidding ourselves into, they were perfect, they never did anything wrong because that isn't the truth, right? And I think that it's just so much more special now to like laugh about, you know, how pissed she made me about these things and how I just wish she was still here to do those naughty things. One of Tiva's really undesirable uh, behaviors was she liked to roll in poop. Oh oh my God. It was the worst. So many hikes where she rolled in some god-awful poop Unfortunately, it was probably human, wild animal, anything. She rolled it in and she would come back and she would be so goddamn proud of herself. And I would be so goddamn mad. And, you know, the poop would be caked in her harness and in her collar. And she got so many river, stream, creek baths over the years. And you know what? It was one of those things that it pissed me off. But goddamn it, it made her happy. And, you know... <laughs> It's not fun to be attached or sit in a car with a dog that's covered in poop, but hey, this is life. So, another <laughs> naughty behavior that Tiva did for years and years and years, and this behavior she also taught Waylon, was <laughs> without fail always finding something to shred or consume in the car when left alone. <laughs> Always, without fail, this dog shredded peanut containers, gum, wrappers, poop bags. I mean, anything. It didn't matter. You left this dog in the car alone and she would shred or consume whatever there was. And, you know, you would have thought that I would get better at managing that situation and preventing her from doing it. I got to be honest, I never really got that good at it. And, you know, this is one of those, like, I just reached a point where I was like, good for you. Okay, I'm so glad that you had so much fun. Thankfully, there was never anything toxic or damaging to her. But yeah, um, that was another really naughty behavior. I want to tell you another naughty Tima story. So it was um, a couple of years ago. It was my husband's birthday and we went on a camping trip. And we went up this gnarly four-wheel drive. It took us like an hour and a half to get to our camp spot. We get there, it starts pouring rain, we're just hanging out. We leave Tiva in the car while we're setting up, and Corey's co worker had gifted him a chocolate birthday cake, which Tiva proceeded to eat all of while we were setting up camp in the rain. <laughs> and my husband and I looked at each other because now it was dark and it was pouring rain. And there really was not an option for us to leave that night. Like, it, we we really easily could have, like, killed ourselves going down that road. So Corey and I are like, okay, let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's see what happens. And this dog never even had loose stool. She ate an entire chocolate cake and was totally fine. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Good times, Tiva. Good times. So, um something else that I want to tell you about Tiva is that for probably 8 years, we were convinced that she was a border collie. We competed in agility for many, many years and she was amazing. I had border collie breeders talk to me about her, right? Thinking that she had some sort of border collie in her. Well, some of you know this, not all of you. Um but we did Tiva's DNA and she had no border collie. <laughs> Tiva in fact was mostly an American Staffordshire Terrier and a Siberian Husky, which is just so funny and it just goes to show that we these lovely mixed breed dogs we make all of these assumptions and then we you know look at the dna they are in fact a pit bull and a husky and not a border collie a behavior trait that i loved about her is that she was very vocal and i was looking back on agility memories right we had a really long agility career so i was just watching you know videos of us running and um when I was a bad agility handler, which I was a lot, <laughs> she would stop and she would stand and she would bark at me and she would be like, this is ridiculous. You are not clear with what you want. So I'm going to yell at you about it. And she did that all of the time. If she, if I was being a bad trainer, I was being a not a great dog mom. She would bark at me and be like, get your shit together and tell me what you want. And I love that so much about her. And now I know that was a little bit more of like husky talking. <laughs> than it was Border Collie Barking. Um, like I was saying, we had a, a really, a really long, beautiful agility career. And I, like I said, I wasn't terribly good at agility. I really tried to show up for her and I probably took it too seriously and I probably was not nice to her because she embarrassed me even though it was my fault. But overall, Tiva was a very willing participant and I don't think that Tiva loved agility. I think the fact that We got to do it together was really what she loved. Um, Later in her life, when we retired her from agility, we experimented with doing some nose work. And nose work is something that, like, it's not really about the handler. It's not like as much of a team sport. It's really more like you let the dog use their nose and you kind of just pay attention to them. And we we struggled so much in nose work because. She would just look at me and be like, What the fuck are we doing here? Like, are you gonna tell me what to do? Are we gonna do this together? Like, she couldn't understand that she was supposed to use her nose and I was just there to hold the leash. And that just is really the true essence of who she was. And as I talk to you all today, I'm surrounded by Tiva pictures. And I <laughs> am just so grateful that all I did her whole life was take a million pictures because. I can just sit here, right? And I can just be transported to these beautiful memories. And while she is not in her physical body anymore, who she was and everything she gave is still here. And I am so grateful to have this platform to be able to talk all about her and share these stories with you. In addition to her agility career, As those of you who follow us over on Instagram already know, she had an insane hiking career. (laughs) I was sitting down the other night with a calculator and trying to like calculate, right? Like how many miles and hikes did she do over the years? And what I came up with is basically she went on at least 1,000 hikes in her life with us. And it's probably close to... 8,000 miles total that she hiked in her life. She was seriously a dream dog with the exception of rolling in poop. (laughs) She was the best hiking dog. She was always really good off leash. Her recall took time to build, but it got there and she was always game. She always wanted to go. She wanted to sniff and explore, but she wanted to stay close and know what I was doing. And as I look back on those beautiful memories, she also loved taking pictures. Like she was the best poser. And I just, I have gobs, uh, gobs of ridiculously cute pictures of her staring directly at me in beautiful scenery all of the times that we went hiking and went adventuring. And I'm just so grateful that I was able to give her that gift, right, of a very active life where she did get to be in nature and she get, she did get to sniff and explore and <laughs> roll and poop. And um, she was a wonderful adventure dog. Um, I hope that the next dog that comes into our life <laughs> is even a fraction <laughs> of as good as she was, maybe minus the poop rolling. <laughs> Something else that I want to tell you about Tiva is that she was a crowd pleaser. She was the perfect size. She was 35 pounds and she wasn't terribly intimidating. Those ears, those of you who have seen pictures, you know what I'm talking about. The ears were just, I mean, there basically was never anyone that didn't like Tiva. Like, she literally was just that dog that, like, everyone's like, We love Tiva. She's so good. And I really understand that now because, as many of you know, I have Waylon. And in a conversation with my dad recently, he lovingly said that Waylon definitely has horns. And, you know... He does, and we love him for it. And Waylon is just not a crowd pleaser like that. Not everybody loves Waylon, but I tell you what, everybody loved Tiba. And in addition to be really dog social, she had so many human friends. Um, she had many uncles and many aunties and many grandmas, and she was loved by so many people. Um, She just connected with people and they loved her and she was easygoing. She was also a rock star with babies and kids. I mean, never worried about her once ever. And I'm so grateful for that. Like, I'm so grateful that she just could do that. And like I was saying, I'm not sure it's because she was like super amazingly socialized, although it is fun to take credit. I don't think my husband and I can take credit for that. I think it was just who she was. Um. So yeah, she was a crowd pleaser. That is for sure. So those are some of my most favorite memories, and that's what I really wanted to tell you all about Tiva. Um, I want to just give you a few more details about the end of her physical existence because. I think that while it was a gutting decision, I feel like we did the right thing. And I want to maybe just share my story so that it can be um, information for you if you need it. So Tiva was struggling to poop for a couple of weeks. And it wasn't terrible, but like, you know... I thought maybe it's just because she has arthritis and her legs are tired and and all of this. So we kept a close eye on it. We were, you know, in touch with our vet. We were trying to stay on top of it. And we took her to the vet and they did x-rays and they did some other diagnostics. And they're like, no, maybe she just ate something weird. Maybe that's what's going on. Well, unfortunately, that wasn't what was going on. So she was continuing to struggle to poop and she was yelping and it wasn't going well. And it was just really hard to watch. So we did, um, more diagnostics because we really wanted to be sure, right? Because while it was really hard to spend thousands and thousands of dollars in diagnostics, only to realize that, those diagnostics didn't tell us what we wanted. I felt like we needed to know that. Like, personally, I needed to know, like, okay, like, can this get better? Can we do this for her? Because up until that point, her spirit was really strong. Like, her body was in good shape considering her age. Like, she really was still having a really high quality of life. We were going for neighborhood walks. She was still, like, you know, enjoying her Kongs and beating up Waylon and all of that stuff. So we ended up doing an ultrasound, more x-rays, blood work and unfortunately she had a cancerous mass. And you know, it was one of those things that there were other things we could do, but at this point she still was straining to poop horribly. She was miserable doing the things we were going to do. There were no guarantees and She had already spent enough time at the vet. And my husband and I both agreed, right, that she gets to leave. She gets to leave with dignity and feeling at least better. And um, we had a vet come to the house. Um, So she had um, an ice cream sundae with rainbow sprinkles and a steak for dinner. (laughs) And the vet came and she got some cookies from the vet. And she got her sedative, and then we said goodbye. And I think that that was the most peaceful way we could let her go. And I'm so grateful for that that she got to have a good day. She got for, she got to go for a walk and hang out with us and eat good things. And then we let her go. Um, I also think that it was important for Waylon to see her body and see her leave her body, we have... Like I said, lost many good dogs over the years. And we've always had the privilege of being able to say goodbye to them in our homes. And while that's also really awesome for the animal that's leaving their physical body, right? That they get to be at peace. I also think it is important for the dogs to literally see, (laughs) right? Like, I think that it's really hard on dogs when their mate leaves and never comes back and they don't understand why. And while it was hard for Waylon, it was hard for all of us, I do think that that was an important piece to the puzzle, making sure that Waylon understood that Tiva's body wasn't coming back. So she's been gone for nine days. And as you can imagine, it's been a roller coaster. But something that I keep coming back to is that she... Has left her physical form, but she isn't really gone. And I know that there's so, you know, much variation in, in what we all believe. And I have found tremendous peace in knowing and understanding that while her physical body isn't here, she is still here. Right? In an energetic sense, in a soul sense, in a spiritual sense, whatever you want to call it. And that has Helped me cope. With her physical body. Not being here anymore. Tiva was. A queen. (laughs) Her registered AKC name. Was Queen Lativa. (laughs) And she was a queen. And she deserved to be. And she basically was crowned her whole life. I am really proud. Of the life that. We were able to give her. I'm really proud of how I showed up as her guardian. And while we are heartbroken right now, I am looking forward to sharing everything that she taught me with another dog that will come into our life at some point. Everyone, (laughs) I'm so sorry to make you sob like this. On a Friday, but I needed to do it. I needed to do it for me, and I hope that you all found some joy or peace in the fact that um, Tifa was extraordinary. She lived a good life, even though she was naughty sometimes. <laughs> Y'all, I have some really good episodes coming at you in the future. I'm gonna talk about the history of dog training, I'm gonna talk about um, babies and kids with a special guest. Um, there's all kinds of good episodes coming at you. So make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast so you do not miss out on future episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. Let's be honest. Some dogs just need an opportunity to run around off-leash so that it's easier to live with them. The only caveat to that is that not all dogs are trustworthy off-leash. That is why I created my 21-day recall training program, Trustworthy Recalls. I give you the exact framework that I use to get Wayland's recall to almost 100% reliability. As an added bonus in trustworthy recalls, we've also just added a whistle recall training plan So whether you need to train a verbal cue or a whistle recall, we got you in our 21-day training program, Trustworthy Recalls. Link to that is in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.